Welcome, everybody. This week's episode is awesome. Oh, man. We have another 2.0 episode. We brought back Danny Deaton, Your Living Proof, episode 25. But we also got his lovely wife with him, Emily, a.k.a. Ege. Ege. Ege? Ege? Ege. Ege? If she's even a human. <laughs> I don't believe she is anymore. But what an awesome follow-up. Holy crap. So we've become really good friends with them since he came on the podcast. What's well, been, what, a year? And he's had so many stories of people that he has met because of the first time he came on the podcast. Right. right? Now, obviously, everything confidential, but he's had so many cool stories, and he's done so much. Like, he just launched a course. He's got a new website up, and so we had to take advantage and get him in, and then it was really cool to get her perspective right. on everything that's going on. I'll bet there's a lot of people that haven't listened to that, you know, that are listening now that haven't gone back to listen to his. Like, if you really, really want to get the most out of today, you really ought to listen to- Sounds like a two for one. Yes. His even, story is Even insane. if you have listened, listen to it again right. so you're like, like so it's the fresh, refresher. right? So real quick, I mean, it's been 52 wow. weeks ago. Wow, a year to the day. That's crazy. So Meant to be. Um, anyways, I don't want to go too far into it. Don't want to make this too long, but check out the episode of Danny, episode 25. This one was him and his wife, and they were awesome. So they just launched the course. I said that, but yep. they gave us a code. Now, this is important because at the end of the episode, we were wrong. We thought the code was gritty but it's actually nitty gritty. Yeah, we just wanted it to kind of sync up with our other Yep, so codes. make sure you use the code nitty gritty. It'll get you a discount on his courses. This kind of stuff can save people's life, so. Well, we learned today that. It has. It has, like, what, what was the story about? Somebody had heard it and they went, he went to their house and ended up visiting, what, 15 houses on the same street? Yeah. Like, it just kind of snowballed, like people needing his help. Yeah. Have we said what do you, I guess they'll hear in the description, but you know, he basically helps people intervene with, you know, loved ones struggling with addiction. Yep, addiction recovery. Yep. for the but for the family is kind of the emphasis. He's kind of the one that bridges and helps you get from I need help or we need help to finding that facility or getting yeah. into that place, and so and everything in between, like it incredible people and we're gonna get Ege on too because you'll you'll hear at the end of the episode that Ege has quite the past as well they are both just the fact that they ended up together is uh, i mean meant, meant to be it's meant sure. to be like i just keep thinking power couple yeah like just because power in the sense that they can there's nobody out there that they, they can help so many relate people. to and help they can help so many people and so, so i hope you guys like this episode Please reach out. Let us know if you do. We love hearing from you. Yeah, I want to hear some more. Like we haven't been getting very much feedback. Yeah, lately. like we need to hear some feedback. Like who do you want us to get on? Like what are you liking? What you know? The more feedback we get, the more we can just make this better for you guys. And so, so find us on Instagram at Nitty Gritty like Show. You know, who doesn't leave us a fun review? <laughs> We'd love to see some reviews come through. Yeah, reviews help us a ton. Um. But yeah, hope you guys enjoyed this episode. We loved it. We love them. So, And we love you. Welcome to the Nitty Gritty. Thank you. We are on to our second 2.0 episode. Oh, nice. We're really, really excited about. We have one of our favorite guests back, and he brought his better half. 
Some know her as Eej, you know, her closest friends. <laughs> <laughs> you, her name's really Emily Jane, but we have Danny Deaton, who is a great friend of ours. Um, your living proof. That's right. If you look back through the titles. What episode? I don't know what episode it was. Do you remember what Brent episode number you were? Us, but it was about a year teen? ago. Almost 18? 18, 19, somewhere okay. right okay. there. All right. And his lovely wife, Emily Jane, is with him today. And so we just kind of wanted to revisit. He said he's got some cool stories from things that happened from the podcast. A lot of new stuff going on. We had cool, to get you back. That's right. Yeah. So we... Been a lot of lessons learned in the last year, too. So A lot of growth. Yeah. And I was telling these guys right before we started... I mean, I was nervous last time I was here. Again, I'm nervous. You know, you're always nervous to have people listening to you. But the beautiful thing that happened last time um, was directly from this show. A few people had reached out that needed some help. And I can't name names or tell any specific stories, but there were some people who listened to this show that reached out and some miracles happened. There was some hardship and some heartache and tears were shared and some difficult choices and decisions made. But I was just grateful to have reached some people because of this specific platform, your guys' podcast, that people needed some direction and some answers. So that's so rad. I just want to say thanks for that. Makes it makes it worth it, right? Oh my gosh. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, well and we were still pretty Episode twenty five. I mean, okay. we were still pretty wow. new then too, right? Oh yeah. We were I just mean, getting going. I guess we're still kinda new. So that was what are we at right now? Seventy six, seventy seven? So, yeah. uh, it's getting to the point that if you don't know what the nitty gritty is, then you got to. Where problem, are so. you? Yeah. Who are you? Yeah, I mean, yeah, you suck. <laughs> yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm excited though, and I understand with confidentiality we can't talk about a lot. Um, but just maybe a brief recap. What are the main like? Well, no, let's not not a recap. Let's talk about bit the business side of kind of what's going on with you since since you were on here. What yeah. has happened? I think a reminder of your living proof is a good idea. Yeah. Just just a quick. You know, what, yeah. what, what you do just for the new listeners, maybe. So I help consult families on what to do. There's a myriad of choices and obstacles in front of them. Um, the reason living proof was started is I'm myself, I'm a re- I'm recovering drug addict. It's, you know, I'm 13 and a half years clean and sober from to what I feel like this day is one of the worst, if not the worst addictions I've heard of. Now, of course, many other people have got to that point. But the only reason I say that with confidence is because the only thing, the only part about getting worse from where I was at is death. It's to that, getting to that point that close. So, you know, I I shared my story when I was on here last time and we have on our website, we've actually produced the story. And if someone wants to go watch it, they can. It's an eight minute video about, I mean, how it transpired and really what happened was is over the last decade plus of being clean, I've looked back to see how it happened. What were the key elements that produced those results? Um, and I saw this common theme between me and everyone else that has long-term recovery. Um, there are some pretty substantial leaders in our community that own businesses and are doing well that people may be surprised to know are in recovery themselves. And there's probably a lot more than we oh, think. Yeah. Right. Some pretty awesome people. And so I kind of looked at them and I did a lot of research looking into how did they have success and to see what the commonalities were 
that produce those results. And then I started to look at the failures and why so many people fail. And that's the part that I hate. It doesn't matter where you look. There's statistics that vary. Always find what you're looking for, right? Yes. But the reality is the results are they're poor. The The number from of people who recover from addiction are very low. And you could, trying to tackle that is almost virtually impossible. So I looked at the, the problem and I tried to decide where I wanted to go and help and, and where I could have the biggest impact. For example, in the state of Utah, where we reside there, it's a family oriented, um, state God fearing people. Well, we don't lack resources here. There's plenty of places to go. There's plenty of ways to get help. Um, and so I started looking at that and I started realizing that one of the biggest challenges that people faced was ever getting help. So if you look at the statistics of the percentage of people with known substance abuse, addictions, disorders, whatever you want to call it, that ever get help, it's less than 10%. Whoa. Why do you think it's so low? Well, I created Living Proof for that exact reason, to help people identify what's impeding them from getting help. How does that number stack up to the rest of the country? Do you know? So Utah is actually... Where the nationwide ranges between 10 to 12 percent, if you look at it, and Utah's a little bit under 10 percent. But that is such a it's such a misleading number because that's of people with known addictions, right? (laughs) How many many people that have actually, yes, most of them are unknown. Now, of those people that get help, a very tiny percentage of those ever recover, right? So, we're talking now when you what's the definition of recovery? I mean, because it does seem like that is. I mean, it usually some relapses and things like sure. that up and down. Is there a definition like once you're clean for X amount of years, yeah. you are considered recovered or are you always in recovery? You are always in recovery. Okay. But you become more recovered, if that's a sure. proper term to say, with time. And so what I looked at and realized is there are so many different challenges. You know, you have on the one end of the spectrum – people that are homeless and shelters and the corrections facilities and the obstacles they face are overwhelming. And then there's the opposite end of the spectrum. But I tried to look right here in the middle and say, there are people out there who have family that care about them, love them, support them, want to see them get better, willing to sacrifice and do things in order to help them, but they're still not getting help. So helping them identify the problems that they have as a family unit dynamic or group of people so that they can get out of their own way and get their loved ones some help. Um, I've learned a lot this past year and it's taught me a lot that we've gone forward and actually produced some online courses where people can just kind of start to get a realistic idea. It's interesting because what, what do we all do nowadays when we're looking for information, right? Is we just Everyone goes online, right? You Google. It's a verb. It's called Googling. Yeah. We Go- Google it. Google it. We just <laughs> talked about that last week. Well, what happens when you Google it? Right. You get the top bidders of rehabs that pay the most money to say, here we are. This is what we do. Right. Or then you get the ones that the government allocates that are facilities funded by state state funds or federal funds directing you to where to go. Okay, great. Well, for example, in Utah, there's currently over 60 treatment facilities. They all range in different things they specialize in. If they're dual diagnosis, if they're faith-based, they all work with different insurance companies. So great. 
plenty of options. There's actually plenty of groups too who help support people to get there financially. Okay, great. We want to take our, our, our daughter there or I want to take my, my spouse there. Sweet. That's the biggest obstacle. Right. Okay. So well, there, and knowing which one's the right fit, I'm sure. Which one's the right fit. It's not like you go on Yelp them. for that, can you? Yeah. I'm I doubt like, it. Yeah. Like, there's no review site or, you know. And they have reviews. And I will say this. Lots of moms have gone out there and searched for reviews like we would hotels. Which one's a five star? Yeah. They pay for that. And a lot of them have, when you are dealing with people who have a substance abuse issue, a mental health disorder, they're kind of difficult facilities to be in. They're, they're, they're establishments that are full of sick people. Sure. So granted, there are going to be people there that are mad who have leave bad reviews. It's a, it's one of the hardest industries to have consistent well, yeah. reviews are all shady anyway they're all sh- they're Yelp purchased. is a big moth yeah so don't get me started on them <laughs> so i can only imagine what but yeah i know, mean everyone who's like, there doesn't necessarily want to be there no right nope and they're well, if one little thing goes wrong which it, i imagine with recovery that's very normal yep. you know you're going to win some you're going to lose some yep you'll stumble and there there's well I there's mean, a lot of people that want to blame you know, their sister, ding, ding, their brother, ding, ding, ding. their kids issues on the blame game, everything yeah. else. Yep. But you know yeah, I mean, what it probably really is. So my coach says that growth is messy. Yeah. Right. In business and personal, like it's not this clean linear line, so right? Imagine growth and recovery mixed together. It's probably even worse. Yeah. Right. It's, it's just it's, gotta be such a tough thing because it's not just the, pr- this isn't, sorry, I don't want to sound like I know what I'm talking about. I imagine it's not just the addict that's recovering. It's the family around them that's recovering from dealing with the addict as well. Boom. That's right? it. So, that's I mean, everyone else, up. everyone needs to recover, right? Yep. Well, it's a family it, disease. And that's sure. the thing that since this episode has come back to me more and more and conversations and comments that I've had, I haven't had people reach out to me and say, I have suffered with this addiction or anything like that. I've had a ton of family members yep. say, I have a brother, sister, father, mother who suffers with it, mm-hmm. right? And this helped me either with the tools or gave me the courage to be able to have a conversation with them. And so I think that is wow, an, that's awesome. is a really interesting perspective because it's not necessarily, and correct me if I'm wrong, but a lot of what the work you do isn't necessarily with the actual person or the, the addict, it's with the family. Am yeah, I, am what, what I, am I right in that? about that, babe? <laughs> so that's been like basically my life since I've been married to Danny is people find and out. we're going to go there. I was yeah, just going to say. Yeah. <laughs> okay. We got to get no. the love we story because there. we got 85% female listeners. And I've been told a few times, like the second someone starts, starts talking about love, you dig in. We want to hear more of that story. More love. <laughs> and I'll bet your story is yeah, awesome. Let's hear it. There so is what? a lot of love. But I do want to just say on that, I married an addict. So people quickly find out kind of our story together and they're like, hey, do you think Danny would talk to my sister? She has this, you know, drug addiction. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, he could, but also mostly he just needs to talk to you. Because you are actually the only one in control of yourself right now. So you can control a lot more about what's happening than they can. And then we'll get them help. 
And so it was just continuing conversations like that, like over and over again, I would have people pulling me once they knew who Danny was and his story, just could he help my so-and-so? And I just thought, after we got rid of the restaurants, I'm like, you can help so many people. And there are endless amounts of families that are drowning out there in this. And they are the ones that need the support. The addict is not even close to ready for it, but the family needs to wrap their brain around what recovery looks like. They need an instruction manual. What? Yeah, right. and I always say, I'm like, you know, you you go to the doctor and you're like, okay, I have, I just found out I have diabetes. And so now I'm gonna meet with a specialist and they're gonna tell me what my next three months looks like. And then we're gonna look at the six months after that and we're gonna make a different plan, make some adjustments there. When you have somebody in your family that has an addiction, what do you do? Like, well, who do you talk to about that? Like, who's making the recommendations? Your your neighbor, you know, kind of just like, maybe you go talk to your bishop. Well, even then, <laughs> if you find someone who's really skilled and talented in that arena, it's the advice and the help is directed at the addict. Exactly. It's not directed nor built around how to support that person yeah. or how you yourself maybe even deal with it, right? Which, it, I mean... It, as I say that, it's like, oh, I need help because I have someone. It's like, no, like you need to understand and have skills and tools to be able to deal with that stuff as well. There's a plethora of master level skilled clinical physicians throughout our state and our country, the kindest people ever. I mean, they're, these people are heroes who are sitting in their office waiting for someone to come in and help them start to sort through the pain, the hurt, all these things that are leading to someone having an addiction, but this is the biggest challenge. We always tell people I have yet, if you think about this, it'll blow your mind. I have yet to find, hear about, or know of another deadly illness where people more often argue, disagree, ignore signs or doubt whether they should do anything at all than the disease of addiction. We're not talking about your one child who has met up with the wrong crowd and is with the wrong girlfriend for a season and knocks it off. We all know there's people who start listening to the wrong music for a minute. You start to worry, but you know who they are and they come back. We're talking about the person who's sick and you know. And quite often families sit and disagree about what to do. They're they're not on the same page. Where like, like my wife just said, if you came back with a, a diagnosis of diabetes, Everyone in the family sets their agenda aside. No one has personal opinions on what to do or if you should or shouldn't get help. You're, it's unanimous. And that's why people get results. Well, here we have a thing. Of, oh, no, they just need to knock it off or it's going to go away or, you know, things just got out of control or they blame it on something else. So that's the biggest challenge. So really, when I talked about all these different treatment centers that are available and there's resources out there to help people, the challenge is getting them there. And when we say it's a family illness, any person who's been involved with recovery long enough knows it's a family illness. And the best way I've heard it described or I've thought of myself is if you take a spotlight and every family shares this spotlight, well, eventually that person, the spotlight gets so bright that everyone's like, oh, yep, they have a problem. And eventually it gets so bright, they can't hide from it anymore. So they just have to be like, yes, okay, it's on me. The spotlight's on me. But for so long, that light was getting brighter 
that it dimmed away from every other, other, other person in the family. So all the inefficiencies they had or, you know, things they needed to work on were completely abandoned because everyone's focusing on this one person that's sick. Right. No one else is getting healthy. No one else is progressing. No one else is growing even in the small ways because they're all fixated and obsessed on looking at this person who's sick. So we wanted to stop that. I wanted to just get real and I, I wanted more people to get help. So I, I like people to understand there's this mass confusion about what I do. I am not a program. I am not a therapist that wants to sit down and help you through it. I'm not qualified. I have too many problems of my own to be able to help someone there. <laughs> but what I want to do is help people stop defining insanity. Since I've been on the show, I promise you without any exaggeration, close to a hundred homes where I've sat in qualified, incredible, intelligent, successful people, far more successful than I'll ever be who are sitting in this holding pattern. Their family is stuck in this cycle of insanity, trying to figure out what to do. This husband and wife are arguing about which direction to go. You say cycle of insanity because they're doing the same thing and expecting, expecting different it. results. Just hoping and praying. What do I, my wife and I always joke, mom's prayers and dad's lectures will never make this go away. I swear I'll make that promise to anyone. And if anyone's ever proved me wrong, please come to me, please. I would love for there to be a first, but it, it won't hoping that if they change schools, it'll go away. Or if they get a new girlfriend or boyfriend, it'll go away. Hoping that they change jobs, it'll just stop or they'll just knock it off. It won't. And you know that you've already been in this cycle for far too long and you want different results. My wife always says you can do better. If you, you know, if you want it better, you can do better. But we try to help them recognize where they're failing. So when we do work with families. When you say they're failing, are you referring to the, the, the family? The family. The family. Your loved one is sick. And I get emotional when I talk about it because there are so many sick people out there. And ironically, I've put myself in this position where sick people feel comfortable to come and tell me they're sick. But the family's so desperate. They're harboring the secret that someone's sick. They don't know who to talk to. They don't know where to go. You don't want to tell your friends at the gym. You don't want to tell your coworkers. You don't even want to tell the people at church because you don't want people to know. Well, it's terrifying. It's terrifying. Because you know the more serious it gets, the more serious that consequence becomes, yep. right? And so the question becomes, what do I do? Because I know if it goes, if it gets worse, to your point you'd mentioned earlier, death is the only thing worse. Yep. But it's a very real thing for a lot of people. It is. We have friends that have lost people to addiction. It's a very, very real thing. Yep. And so as the family, that is terrifying to know that to to think and i i think what happens is we think that something i do is going to kill them yep it's like that's right you, or what you, you don't do yep. you know what right? i mean it's like if if i try and help then they're going to get mad at me and they're going to go do this and that's and on me probably the other way around right? you know but cuz cuz like i remember if you haven't listened to Danny's episode you have to go back and listen to it his yep. story is I don't know if I've ever gotten more emotional, maybe with Kim, but I still see the picture of your dad walking down the basement stairs. Like I still think about that story. Yeah. I'm going to anyway, but so many people don't have 
maybe don't have that person in their life, right? Yep. Or that person isn't, they've gotten so fed up with it that they've just cut the other person out. Yeah. Because I, I also remember you telling me about, you know, I think we kind of made kind of some not fun of it. We turned it into a fun, funny little saying, but you said if you want to hire the most skilled salespeople of all time, hire an addict. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Because they are the most resourceful. They are the kings of yeah. resource. Yeah. Resourcefulness, manipulation. Yep. They are crafty. It, right. Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, so it's, but I would imagine like the regret that you would carry if you didn't, like if that, if no one did walk down those stairs and pick you up that night how much worse carrying that around for the rest of your life would be than maybe pissing off your addict child or brother or sister and saying, I want, I'm here to help you. Like, what can we do? Well, the other thing I just want to make a note of is it doesn't have to be an addiction to a drug or a substance. No, this addiction goes, it can be anything. It is this, it's a behavior. It is right. Email. Huh? Email, Andrew? <laughs> yeah, for sure. There you go. Checking raise, your email. I'll, I'll raise my hand. But Well, little did you know that this was actually an intervention. About you. <laughs> hey, so bring them Brent, in, guys. Bring Brent, them in. Come on bring over. All in. Gosh, bring the dang cookies. It. Here we go. I'm just kidding. Sorry. No, but so the reason your episode has impacted me so personally is because I have been able to recognize an addictive behavior pattern within family and friends and all of this advice and stuff that we talk about it applies to them just as much as someone who's suffering with an actual substance abuse or something else right like this this addiction is so real and you know we talk about how the family just kind of helps it along how they enable it to a certain extent it goes across everything and then that person teaches the family what to do yep Right, oh, like, yeah, exactly like, what they need them it, to do. If you don't enable them or if you don't agree with them, all of a sudden they will turn on you and they will say, and they know what hurts, right? Yep. They know exactly where to go. They know what cuts the deepest and that's exactly where they go. And so Danny, if you're my dad and you're not doing what I need you to do, yep. I'm going to go right back at you and I'm going to go with everything I have, right? Yep. And that's just that behavior and it doesn't have to necessarily be a substance. And I know that's what you, you're saving lives with that. But as people listen, I'll, I'm going to challenge you to think of the behavior pattern. It is. Because I think, I think it can be applied across so many things and it can help so much more if you're willing to take a step back and say, do you know what? This person is an addict. And that I think that, that word is a heavy yeah it's it is. you yeah, know what i mean tied in there. like yeah. because you don't want to say i'm an addict because i check my email too much right because someone who is an addict to a substance that might take offense to that because i'm making light of that correct but oh that, great yeah geez andrew i'm <laughs> sorry okay you know but i think it's important to recognize that crossover yeah and people always say oh you're labeling them if, if you say that but the underlying issues that you mentioned are there and they are true the opposite of addiction is connection and we're wow. facing some major obstacles right now the world is molding us and right now is like corralling us down these alleys of isolation of disconnect now i mean 
one of the greatest things I gained in recovery was hugging. I hug everyone. And now I hate when you get, you see someone, even we're going to saw my father-in-law yesterday for the first time in a while. He lives in St. Louis. I'm like, can we hug? Can we? Are we there? <laughs> are we good? So it's teaching us to just isolate, to do things on our own. Those who are suffering from something that manifests itself through an addiction are already isolating themselves. And so probably even easier to hide right now, right? Yeah. Like if, so, you, if you don't want somebody to help, it is probably even this, easier this, to stay away from that. I'm telling you right now, whether this has backlash or you have to cut this out, COVID itself has affected far more people who have mental health issues leading to suicide or substance abuse issues that are going to eventually kill them 10 times more than the people who are actually having this affect their health to a point where, you know, it puts their life in jeopardy. Well, it's already the biggest killer, right? It is. And that's that we don't talk about that. No, it's so strange to me that we will talk about what was the thing a, a year or so ago that there was something that kept coming up that they wanted to change a law because a certain amount of people were dying. And I was like, wait, it doesn't even come Touch. close yeah. to well, drug addiction and, you know, just overdoses alone. Yeah. And so it, again, I think that it mirrors the shame issue yeah. where people want to bury their heads in the sand because they don't want their kid or their relative to be the person, the addict, they don't want to feel responsible for it, so we run from it. Yep. And you like you said, it's probably even easier to do that now. Yep. You don't want to feel like you're a failure. Yeah, or that you had anything to do with it. Mm-hmm. Well, and the reason why people avoid getting their loved one help is because of that exact thing. Especially here with the whole, if you're, everyone wants to be the perfect Mormon. Yeah, if your child or your spouse has a, has a problem, it's your fault. Right. So you don't even want to acknowledge it. Where we have tried to instill ourselves and and just so it stayed on record because of your audience being 85% female, everything articulated in my website and my content, the message that's created, we all know who made that possible, right? My wife took the garbage that I basically vomit out and she, Oh, we know. Puts it. (laughs) I'm hoping that 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 is known by the majority of your people listening. You know that term, better half, where you married up? (laughs) It really applies here. No, I'm just kidding. When we started down this road, I tested it out. And I'll tell you just a small little story. I I went to work with a family that lived near, near where we reside. Started working with their family. And I want everyone to understand that there was nothing monumental, groundbreaking, scientific info that was shared. It was someone who had been there, who could look at them in the eyes and explain to them that this is real, you're not crazy. Share with them some of the successes we had, also where we failed as a family, because I will tell you the truth. My addiction of many years came to an abrupt halt in a matter of a few weeks, when my family was finally empowered with what they needed to know to help stop the insanity. So I, I would just share and listen to them. What was interesting is I think it was two days later, I get a call from her and she's like, Hey, my neighbor, she's a really dear friend of mine. And I was telling her what, what you were doing with us. And could you mind going over and talking to her and her husband within a, I don't know, seven to eight months, there was about 
roughly 15 of the 25 homes on that road that I entered. Holy crap. That many. Being introduced. Sometimes we'd skip two doors, go down, go down. But it was just people wanting to know what to do and where to go. So we created some online courses where people can go and educate themselves. If you want to just look through them and get some some real honest answers to help you clarify in your mind the situation that you're in and to have some direction on which way to go. At least you will get that, I promise. To give you the courage to do what it's going to take because, Andrew, you said something earlier that is everyone's greatest fear. I worked with a family for a while and I finally asked the mom, we finally confronted, I finally said, this is it. I, I can't, I refuse to work with you anymore unless we're going to make some of these decisions that we've discussed. We had already been to the hospital twice that month. Her son had drank himself into an induced coma. Their greatest fear was, well, if we do, if we, if we make a stand and, and do these decisions, that we could lose them and that it would be our fault. Anytime you say that kind of situation or say, explain that to someone else, if it's about your neighbor or your nephew or something, that sounds crazy. But when it's your own loved one, it is next to impossible. So we're all held back by the, the, these, you know, fear of what could happen. Blame, what do denial, you say? stigma. Your secrets keep you sick? Your secrets keep you right? sick. Oh, I forgot about that. That was... So that was amazing. That's the key. And what it does, it helps un- understand that if your addiction is pornography, if your addiction social media, like you physically cannot go a day without it, it's recognizing that if you're harboring secrets that are making you sick and you can't talk about it because they're a secret, that's, a, that's where it all starts. And we do live in a community where shame kicks in, stigma, right. blame. So we keep those secrets a secret. We just want to be a resource that can to really break it down into a simplicity is to help people understand the truthfulness of what's going on and the direction in which they're going to have to go. Here's what you're going to have to overcome. Here's how you're going to come together. And then once you do, here's how you present it. And here's some options. The sad part is people are just during this podcast, I guarantee so many people are getting close to the point where they've had it and they don't care if they live or die because this thing that's festering that no one dares to face or approach or deal or do anything about, it leads people to places where we know that suicide rate is extremely high and it's getting higher by the week where people don't add into that. And it drives me crazy is the added element of overdose. It's happened in my own life and I've seen it happen in the lives of others. When you get to that point that you're using that recklessly. Or where you feel like there's no other hope but that. That's that, the that, same. That, that that's your best decision. If you added even a percentage of those in to the suicide rate, that number would quadruple itself. So it is a, it's a staggering number already. And there, th- this is the reality is it's, there is hope. People recover all the time and nothing about it is a secret. It's basic common principles, but they all have to go through it. You can't run around it. You can't avoid it. And the family has to go through it with them. And you know what I'll say that might be also difficult is there's not a guaranteed good result. Though. Nope. You, no. you could do all of the right things. You could say it. You could do all the work. That doesn't guarantee a result, which is also scary why some people don't start. Because yep. a lot of things, it's like, 
for example, if I wanted to learn a language, if I wanted to do X, Y, Z thing, usually there's an ABC process that if you follow it exactly, it's almost scientific to where you're going to get a result pretty close to what you want. Right. Yep. But with this, you could do everything that you've suggested and still not get the result, but it's still worth it. It's still worth it. You still do it. Yep. And I think a major component in that is the, the, peace of mind you get as as a wife or as a mother to say no i know that i did everything i could sure i know that i did because you explored you you didn't leave anything unturned you did you educated yourself you looked at yourself you looked at your own shadow and and figured out maybe some things that you were doing that were contributing to the problem and you provided ample opportunities for them to get help. And then if they don't choose it, you know. It's like cancer, right? You could go right. through chemo and radiation right. and do everything and you still lose people. Right. It's but, not a guarantee, but you can at least know, well, I gave it. Yep. I, I fought. Like I, I, I went down swinging yep. and I know that. See, and what you just said, it's funny. We were talking about this last week with Family Tech, right? Why is her name? Sarah. Sarah. Sorry, Sarah. Oh, yeah, that was a good one. Right? Well, and I remember her mentioning, you know, talking about if we were talking about how to secure our kids' phones, yep. you know, and how there's this bury our head in the sand mentality, mm -hmm. and we just say, like, you can't have it. Mm -hmm. You know, and she made that point. Well, if your kid was diagnosed with something, you would not stop until you knew every single thing there was to know about what that issue is, yep. how to how to you know deal with that issue and help the person get better so the shame thing is probably a much bigger issue than we think right because 100%. how what how do we convince people that addiction is no different than cancer or right. any other diagnosed sickness that you get when like you said earlier with the diabetes thing right how come when somebody gets that everyone's on board yep it all kicks in and we rally and we, you know, we try to fix it. And that's one of those things that we talk about in the courses where it's like, Hey, stop making this about you. Yeah. And okay. that's probably cause I mean, that's really why your living proof exists, right? Yep. It's that, it's that barrier that so many people won't climb over. There's the, the visual of you in that basement, the car wreck, mm -hmm. right? The things that, Man, if any parent could see where their kid is at any given moment, if yeah. they're in that life, they'd be running mm -hmm. and screaming. They would be running and yep. screaming. And it's like, what? A lot of it is kind of gospel centered, too, right? I, I'm sure most Absolutely. of our listeners, you know, the whole atonement. The, the other thing that we don't talk about is in regards to what you were just saying about the result, Andrew, like our life is that. Like we are not guaranteed a result. The atonement just says, you do everything you can, mm -hmm. I'll make up the rest, right? Yep. And it has to be looked at the same way. It, you just need to know that you're doing everything you can to help. And that's when, you know, higher powers or karma or whatever you believe in will kick in. Yep. You can't just sit back and, and pray for a fix. There are resources here that you can deploy and, and get that 
you can go as you can go a pretty long way in helping that person start that process. Thank you so much for saying that because I think that's such a huge component, especially I don't, I don't know. I, I've only ever been a female, (laughs) so I can only speak from that voice. So I'm just going to go right there and say that as a female and as a mother and as a wife, you, you do feel like there's so much power in prayer. You learn that, you know, and you, and you want to rely on that and it, and it's an important thing, but it's not the only thing. There's got to be, oh. you know, that, well, that quote from President Nelson, that, right? the Lord loves effort because effort gives you something that you can't get. Well, what did Gordon Beakley say? Pray as if everything depended on the Lord and act as if everything depended on you. Exactly. So, Gosh I'm, dang it, Andrew, every time. God, that was amazing. Preach. <laughs> Jeez. But it's true because I, I think it's an important thing, but I think it can't be the only thing. Absolutely. And, and, and the bishop cannot be your your stop, right? I I talked to the bishop about it, or if my wife or son or daughter would just go talk to the bishop, then I'm sure they could get better. I mean, that's, that's a nice story. I like that. And I think it's true at a point, but it is definitely not where you start. It's not the starting point. You can't, nothing's going to be figured out there. And so just to allow people to open their minds to this idea that you know, there is a there is a path that we can create here and a plan that united as a family, if we all get on the same page with this plan and we all act together to get this person help and we do every single step, even if it's ugly and hard and brutal and we go through it together, we are giving them their best chance. And then maybe at some point down the road, they're going to uncover everything they've been burying with this substance or whatever for so long to get to a point where they could maybe possibly consider turning it over to God so that they could finally let it go. But that is way down the road. And that is what I love about these courses that we created because it really does like, and it's funny because when we were filming them, the crew was like, could we... Like, this could be for anybody. I mean, (laughs) could we just make this into a book? Because this really applies to, like, this and that. And It's like the 12-step program, right? Yeah. It applies to, like, that's what the church uses. Yeah, it applies applies to to so many things. And if you're able to look at problems with that kind of open mind and open dialogue and really be able to see it differently than the way you just want to look at addiction, like, they've got a problem, they need to fix it. And, yes, they do. But... Also, here are some other huge contributing factors that you you feel like everything's out of control. There's actually tons of things that are in your control right now that we can do. Well, and, and recognizing it for what it is, right? It is, it is where in most cases, it is a disease. There is, you know, something yeah. is wrong with you physically. It right. is not a buck up cowboy Yes. Like, just stop. Yeah, genetics. There's there's so many things you know, that play into it. Like the whole ADD thing. Yep. Like you're talking about a huge chunk of society that does not assess risk, right? Yep. Like they don't get dopamine. Like they right. their their person like their the chance of someone with ADHD becoming addicted has got to be at least ten times higher than the average human being. So I would say it's never someone's fault. 
right? Nobody ever takes a drug thinking, well, I'm going to, I'm going to get it. Yeah. I'm going to ruin my life now. Let's get going. Right. (laughs) It's all on me, but it, it, it's generally there to mask something else or some sort of way of escaping something. And yeah, the unfortunate thing with drug addiction, I would imagine nine times out of 10, there's a lot of other things that have to be fixed along with it. Otherwise you won't ever, you'll want to just keep taking drugs Yep. because if you don't fix whatever pushed you there in the first place, and that's where the family is probably scared to get involved because it may be something from the family, but that is, they're all having to own up to something in it. Right. And I think along the side, along the lines of prayer, it, it, it happens often and I've got to witness it quite a few times where it does work. It can't take someone's agency and change them because we are, we can't be God. But the fact that someone who's been praying so diligently about this situation has now found courage to do something. I've had, could that prayer, could that prayer get, Danny Deaton on their doorstep though. Maybe? Well, I, I I've had moms that have right? said, well, maybe it's that we're talking. I don't care if it's me or whoever I humbly, I'm just hoping that you finally have the chance to just let your lips loosen and reach out to somebody and say, Hey, we have a problem. Someone in our family's really sick. That is where prayer kicks in to be like, wow, that was the added little encouragement I needed to make a, a leap of faith. So it's a communication. It is. Every single issue we've talked about yep. in our society, in our nation, on this podcast, it comes down to the answers knowing how to communicate. That's it. And it also requires help. Yeah. A lot. Like well, everything requires help. Like you can't do anything hard by yourself. Like we're all here to help each other out. Yep. Like we can be the answer to someone's prayers, right? And like we can be a vessel for that. And I think a lot of people forget that, that there are people that want to help. I mean, you've made it your career, yeah, right? And it's, the resources are out there. They're out there. And what we've tried to do is just help people identify, especially in our community and just family-based people that have someone they care about, they want to help, have the, have an ability to go listen to somebody who's been there, explain things to them in a way. I mean, trust me, we did our research to make sure that this would be of value to people that can hear firsthand from someone who's been there and help them understand where their loved one's coming from and why they're stuck in this position. Give them some direction on where to go. And we made it in a very affordable way. They can do it in the privacy of their home. They can also schedule time to talk and consult with me on maybe what their ideas are. Sometimes it's just good to have someone to like Mm -hmm. run, run an idea by here's what we're thinking. Hey, my husband doesn't agree with me on this. And Will you tell a, him he's wrong? A lot, a of, lot time. of times just the act of talking or saying it out loud clarifies, clarifies it in your mind. Yeah. Because you think, oh, I had the answer to this. Like it happens in, when I video stuff. It's like, oh, I know what I'm going to do. Yeah. And then you start talking. It's like, oh, it's pretty scattered. And you have to actually think yep. about it a little bit more. So just I the act it. of talking to someone, probably just that simple thing for some people will help. Well, that's all the help they needed in that moment. Yeah, just to give them. So we're hoping to be in a little encouragement, a little motivation to help people understand the situation for what it is, give them some direction and which way to go. And I really just hope that anyone out there that's listening, because last time I had the opportunity to be with you guys, I got to meet some really incredible people afterwards and get to know them real quick. I always tell people in this line of work, my first hour with someone 
isn't really finding out what their favorite music is or what kind of food they like. <laughs> I keep myself laughing from crying, but we get to down to the nitty gritty really quick. <laughs> and we talk about people they love who have threatened or tried to take their life where they failed as a parent, what they've done wrong that's affected their spouse that's now in this position. We need to be better and understand that people are sick and they need help. And this is no longer my distant aunt or, hey, I was doing uh, family history and I looked back and my grandpa on my fifth side was, was an alcoholic. You cannot talk to a single person who isn't affected by this. And if you aren't affected by it, I promise you. You're a liar. I was in the home <laughs> yeah. of... I, I mean, really. I was in the home of a family. Who doesn't know somebody. Yes. A very well-known family just recently. Working with them, and here we are as a family, presenting a gift to their loved one. Who's the spotlight's on? You know that spotlight we were talking about? Right. This person's being offered a gift by the family to go get healthy and to stop, to go save their life. We spent the next two hours after which with two of their siblings wanting to use that time and that opportunity because they felt safe to express some really dark secrets they had. I thought we were done. I was exhausted. I was sweating, man. I was like <laughs> ready to go. And then the father of the home stood up. And if you ever listen to this, I'm so proud of you. He took that time <laughs> to express an addiction that he had. That family's on the path to recovery. They did something scary. They did something that every one of us is going to avoid at all costs. But because they did that, I'm sure there's challenges. People are going to have hurt feelings and there's, you know, they get a chance to recover. Well, ownership does not equal blame. Yeah. It does not equal judgment. Yeah. Right? Like you you need to take ownership of it, but that does not mean you failed as a spouse or as a parent, right? right? You need to own it. Own it. But you don't have to attach that side of it. And I think that's another reason we, you know, we talked about this earlier, but as you talk about it, it's like, well, if I'm owning that I have someone who's struggling, that means I've done something wrong. Yep. Yeah. And no, that's not true. Nope. Like that's absolutely not true because it is a disease. Just like if my wife gets cancer, I did nothing wrong. You did nothing wrong. Right? Right. No. Nope. And when you help them recover and you help them take ownership, when you take ownership of where you failed, I always tell people the greatest re gift recovery gave me was it, it turned me into a grown ass man. Yes, it did. <laughs> I mean, I, I have many problems. I, I still have underlying issues that are probably lingering things from uh, my years as a drug addict, but being able to be accountable, dependable, to admit when I've wrong, done wrong, to do self-inventory, to help others, and to just all of the things that are good about me now or because of what I went through. So it doesn't define you. It, it can become a gift, but in order for it to become a gift, you have to stop. So we really hope, especially in our community, and I'm, and I'm assuming with your listeners, if this is something they need help with, there's a place they can go. It gives them courage. It gives them some hope and some understanding. And then it also gives them some direction which to go. But please stop. Anyone who's out there harboring a secret, it, 
we have come far as a society. I mean, there's parts of us that are like, well, we're also getting crazy, but <laughs> I hope we've come far enough to get out of that old school right. mentality. Who cares? When I came out in, the, in a proper platform being at church to tell people who I was and my story, of course, there were a few people that looked at me. But there were 10 times the amount of people that came up who would have never hugged me, who would have never told me their secrets had I not done that. So when we all start revealing our secrets and quit harboring them, then we can get healthy. The world's giving us enough challenges as it is. We don't need, we don't to, need har- to add to it. We do not need to add to it. We need to be strong from within. And we do that by being open with one another. We really hope these courses help people out. And we're grateful we got to talk about them with you guys and be on here. And- well, and that, you know, your story that... I think something something else that people need to remember is so much light can come from dark. It's almost like the darker and you know, like your story, there was so much time spent there, but I always have this funny little analogy. Like I, I think I've talked about it on the podcast before. Like I just, I compare humans to like naval ships. I don't know why that happened in my head. Right. <laughs> but this is what it turned into. Like, the person that's living on the straight now, I always just picture kind of a nerdy, you know, mm-hmm. person doesn't <laughs> never kiss a girl like Peter Priest said, you know, for lack of a better term, but they can't go out and find lost sheep. Like, yes, they are living a great life and they're following the rules, but they're a rowboat to me, right? Like Danny Deaton is a battleship, right? That is a person that can go out and help the masses because you can relate to a whole segment of society that a lot of other people can't. And isn't that what we're here for? Right? It's the 90 and nine. It's the, it's going out and saving those people. (sighs) So for those that have done wrong in their life or have suffered in their life, remember that it, the, uh, on the other side, you can be someone's salvation. You can be someone's reached out hand to help them get to that same place, right? There should never be shame in making mistakes or being like, even if it was something that, you know, you said something earlier, Andrew, about, you know, it's not your fault. Maybe it is. You know, maybe, maybe I it is. I thought that, and I think that's exactly right. What if you owned it and you were like, well, maybe, maybe, maybe you did some something when they were a kid that traumatized Yep. Yeah, and, but you know what? What a great way to redeem yourself. Yep. You know, own it and help that person. Because if you're making a mistake as a parent, it's just like making a mistake as a toddler. Like, yep. We start over with all these new things. You know, life's a process, right? When we're new dads, new moms, we don't know what the hell we're doing, right? I tell my kids all the time, I'm like, hey, this is my first time doing this. <laughs> right. So I'm real sorry. I <laughs> totally blew that one. I'll do better tomorrow. But, but yeah, but you learn, you know, I always talk about it with my dad. My dad was really, he was a tough dude. Like you meet my grandpa and you kind of realize it. And when I tell some of the stories, a lot of people are just like, wait, really? But I kind of look back on it and I'm, I, we're so close and I just, I have the, the frame of mind, like you have to empathize. Like how did he grow up? You know, who was his example? 
And we all have to kind of give that to each other because we all are different. I would say the majority of addiction are people that I think they're a little bit more genetically inclined to get addicted. But if you're a family member that maybe I should ask that question. How often do you see that? Like it, do you, how often does it come out that maybe there was something and some sort of trauma in the house where the family member has to really unload some things to be able to often take their head out of the sand and be that support for their family member. It is. And it boils down to that phrase. It's our secrets to keep us sick. And it is those things that happen. If it was trauma, it's very, very common that there's some traumatic experience happen. There are many others when they try to, that's where the shame even buries them more is they're like, well, gosh, you know, I, I, I didn't have any of those things happen to me. I just actually just felt uncomfortable in my skin and felt like I didn't get the playbook to life and my dad and brothers and everybody did, but whatever it is, it's coming out and having the courage to talk to somebody about it and to get healthy. That's what it is. Making those connections, being the opposite of addiction. So, so talk about connections. We skipped over. How did you guys meet? Let's hear this story. (laughs) I, I want to know a little bit more about this. Oh, that's do that. You can't do that oh, right now. Man. We're no. going to bore people to death. No, no, no. I need to know when, when, I mean, when you guys got together, were you coming in eyes wide? Like, did you kind of know <laughs> everything that was going on with <laughs> this? This is actually guy? a really how, good story. How far into recovery were you when you guys met? What was it? A, a year? A little less than a year. A year? Whoa. We got set up on a blind date it in Utah. Early. Awkward age. 30 years old. Was I 30? Yeah, 30. We're 30. We got set up on a blind date for some deer people. They own a company in Utah, you might know, called the Sweet Tooth Fairy. Shut up. Yeah. Yeah, Megan was my Megan, Megan Brown. best friend. No way. Yeah. And roommate forever. Megan, why haven't you been on Nitty Gritty? We're not even, yeah, we're Megan, not even getting yeah. that. I will tell you this. I was at a point where I was rebuilding life. I'd been clean for no, a while. No, I need to tell one quick All story. Right. Oh, that's why she's here. You don't get to talk right. anymore. Turn off Danny's All mic, right. Brent. You don't get to talk Turn anymore. <laughs> <laughs> we got set up on a blind date, and it was awesome. And I thought, he was so interesting, which I wasn't expecting. Did you know? No, I didn't. You didn't. I. Here's what I knew. This is what I knew. You're going to really like him. He's been through the ringer, kind of like you. Not in the same way, but he could. You guys could really relate on some things, and I was like, "Okay, that sounds interesting. I'll do a weeknight, two hours. Let's Lun- do it. Well, I'll do a lunch. Yeah, I'm yeah. Gonna I'm, like, the, I'm gonna give you the off-peak time. I'm yeah, give I'm you like, a weekend. I, yeah. There's no prime time. I'm but wearing weeknight, pajamas. Two hours, we'll go. Okay. I'm in frumpy sweats. So yeah. So I go on the date, and I thought it went great, and I'm thinking this was fun and he's totally going to ask me for my number now and we're just going to go on another date. And I'm doing like the car key jingle thing standing outside. Hitch told us all about it. Yeah, it was real. (laughs) And I legit like turned like around and he was, he was gone. I, I didn't. I couldn't see him. I'm in the university mall parking lot. You just made her want you 10 times more now. And no, I was like, he why. disappeared. Like, I was like, well, and I was like, I guess I wasn't, I didn't sell him. Like, okay, I'll take it. Like, whatever. <laughs> so I get in my car and I go home and I'm like, oh, bust. Oh, well, it was fun to see Megan. 
And um, he had actually rolled under a car so that I didn't see what kind of car he drove because he thought oh, it wasn't nice roll, enough. <laughs> he, didn't, and roll. he didn't quite have his life together to the point where he felt like it needed to what be. What kind of car was it? It was a Ford Focus. <laughs> He an older one. Hatchback. Hatchback. He can't even say it. Uh, she turned to look. She turned to look at her friend or something that was walking off, and I, I dropped and I rolled. <laughs> hey, I'm telling you, it, it's a process. It'll be hot. It, no, it's a, a process. Green, it's a green vehicle. Recovery is a process. Right? I was, I was on track, and I still had a long way to go. The truth of that <laughs> is, she didn't share. The only way that date was made possible is because I was still rebuilding and I was paying off fines and I had, you have a wreckage. You don't just come out of right. treatment. He and was in a pile of wreckage. A pile of wreckage. So I was taking care of that and I uh, wanted to take this girl out on a date and I didn't quite have enough money. I had had a job at that point. I didn't get my first check and I pawned my golf clubs. How dare you? Got him back, you know. Just the the, the part about recovery fine, is I fine. was now in a place where you pawned it, but you went back to get it. Yeah. So needless to say, it started out in a funny way. Did you pawn those to take her out again? Is that what you're saying? No. Because that would that be first super date, romantic. Oh, wait, first you date. pawned them to go on the first date? Yeah, I, no, didn't, I didn't have money. That's the hottest thing I've ever heard. I think so. <laughs> Come on. I Ladies. It was adorable. Oh, the, the golf clubs? Yeah. You have to pry that those things out of my cold yeah. bed hand. No, this is the truth. As someone I, I trusted showed me, he showed me a picture of her. He told me about her. <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh, like, what am I going to do? I'm not ready. I'm not ready. So I showed up in that car with enough money they gave me from pawning my golf clubs. Wow. And our life has blossomed and it's, it's been hard. It doesn't come easy. We all know it has its challenges, but that's where it started. And what I'm so, an incredible. It was, it, was, it was. So that's where it started. Story. I want to get your perspective though, because as you've kind of, you've gone through this whole journey with him right there, right? Yeah. So as a family member, as a spouse, what has that been like? Hard. Hard. Can I ask how long it was until you knew what the ringer was for him? Like, when did that conversation That That happened a happen? few dates in. Um, you're, you're saying when did he kind of right. tell Talk me about everything? about the recovery. It, it, was, it was a few dates in that he, he got pretty real with me. And that it was, had to be scary for you, It Danny. was fine. Took the whole day off work, sat in the car. Yeah, sweated, it was interesting because he he paced, called cried, me. threw rocks on the side of the freeway. I was, this is true. <laughs> he he He's said like, I sold my golf clubs yeah, for this. I yelled it. at a poor this stranger that bad. walked by and was looking at me. It was bad. I know, and I was kind of like. So this is the funny thing. I prepared myself for the worst because he's like, I need to I need to take oh. you on a date. I need to talk to you, and I was like, he's. Her and the girl. A transvestite. I don't know. What's the worst case scenario? He's he used to be a woman. I you know, like I'm like, <laughs> what's the worst thing he could tell me? And I'm going through all these because he's like, This is serious. Like, and I'm like, oh my gosh, like, okay. I really like him. Like, what's he about to tell me? Like, I was sick. We were and it's true. All my girlfriends at work, they were like, Okay, but it's this or it's this. And I'm like, Okay, <laughs> those are all doable. Yeah, one but, of the girls you know, thought I was still married or something. Yeah, like maybe he's <laughs> married like, or something. And I'm the, like, Okay, no, that would be a Does a guy like him, thirty in Utah? Oh yeah. He's yeah. married. <laughs> Totally. Like, I was like, what could it be? So when he told me and he just was like, look, like, I know that you know that I, you know, kind of had some struggles and, you know, but here's like, here's really where, where those struggles took me. 
And, wow. you know, I spent some time in jail and, you know, just things like that. Like he just kind of told me everything about how bad things got and that, um, you know, he had almost died and, and things like that. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's, that's it. Okay. That was Hold it. Hold on. So uh, the, the question is kind of going through my head right now is what, and hopefully this isn't too personal of a question, but like that reaction right there is mind blowing. Is what, it? Yes. Yes. What? Oh, so what okay. in your life prepared you to prepared be, able to you to be that person that was like, oh, that's it? Because that is a very non-judgmental, like Christ-like way to to answer that. Well, I, or respond to that information. I. I had been through a lot at that point in my life. Um, I had been married and divorced. Um, before that point, I had had a baby. While I, I got pregnant when I was at BYU, had a baby, placed him for adoption. Oh, wow. um, Amazing parents and family. And and during you know I lived with my family during that time, and. They worked through that with me. My dad was the bishop. I came home from BYU pregnant. My dad was the bishop of my home ward. And I watched the way my family handled that and the way they loved me and the way they just completely opened their arms and hearts to me. And I guess it just taught me, like, I, I just, my, my, my parents during that time where I think we were the most afraid that I wouldn't be able to like love myself. And so they were just like, we know that you probably don't want to go to church right now, or you don't want to pray or you don't want to have anything to do with any of this. And that's okay. But we hope you know that the most important thing is that you know that, Heavenly Father loves you and that we love you and that no nothing about your current circumstance is going to change that. Wow. So hopefully you can hold on to him because you're going to need him. You're going to need him. Talk about being prepared. Like like looking back at those experiences. Yeah, like totally. Like that 100% prepared you to step into what you where you're sitting today. Right. Right? Right. And... How cool is it to be able to look back and see it from that perspective as opposed to being in it thinking, oh, my world's going to end. Yeah. Oh, which I thought it was. Right. You know, I, I, I thought it, I thought it was over. And then I got married after that and divorced. And then I was like, oh, wow. Like there is no love. Like there's no one that could love me. There's no one like Ugh. that could love me. And I spent a lot of time working through that and, and, and those feelings, um, so in my mind, like the way I see it is I, it was all part of the plan. Like I needed to go through those experiences and have those, um, be able to build the relationship with my savior the way I did so that I could see Danny for exactly who he is, who he was at that moment, even though he felt like, Oh, I'm broken. And I have like $8 in my bank account. And I'm like, it's fine. Like, you've got this. Like You're able to do to him what your parents did for you. Yeah. Like, I'm like, oh, that's what, that's just right now. Like, we're. Well, and he's able to go. do for her. Exactly. Like, that, what that, an that's incredible what I'm 
If that's not the most romantic damn story I've ever heard, I don't know what is. Oh, like, the busted hey, broken I'm, I'm about road, to man. blow your brain. Right. Today is my son's 21st birthday. Holy crap. 2-1. And I was meeting with a client that's earlier okay. today. That's true. He walked in. I ran into him. Into your son? Yeah. My son, yeah. Yeah, today on his birthday Danny's of like all sent days. me a selfie with him. He's all, look who I ran into. <laughs> so do you? are you still in touch with him yeah, then? Yeah, totally. It's a beautiful story. And it's, it's you know, you'd have yeah, to have a whole nother second. podcast. But, but it is interesting. And, and she was raised well. And she had good parents that faced problems and challenges. You know, they have nine kids. And when I first met her dad, can you imagine how terrified? He was a stake president um, for their church and was a the president of administrations for a, a very prestigious hospital. And here I am. And when I told him where I'd been and what had happened to me, I was honest and exactly where I'd been. <laughs> and he looks at me, walks around the desk, and he was really quiet. And I was like, I was prepared for a fist to the face. <laughs> and he said, you know what? It brings me a lot of comfort as a father knowing that you overcame something that difficult. Wow. And you're in front of me today. Makes me feel safe knowing that my daughter can be with someone like that. Blew the brain right off the top of my head. I was just, so there were a lot of things in her life that helped her prepare her. Her parents were one of those. And it boils down to what you said, Cam, is when we go through experiences, we can turn it into something beautiful to help change the life of other people, but it will never become that gift until you stop, get help, and do a rigorous program in order to get healthy. You can't go help people until you become whole yourself. But if you're willing to do that and you're willing to go through that, it can turn out to be the greatest blessing of your life. And we're living proof of that. You know, I meant, I meant to ask this earlier and I, I think I remember us talking about just what you mentioned right there at, you know, what point, how much of this is, intervening in that other person's life and, and being there and how much of it is that other person getting, cause I think I remember you saying like, I hadn't hit my bottom yet. Yep. Like I wasn't ready for help yet. How much is, I guess what's that ratio to how many of those families when they finally decide to face their fear and help that person, how often is that person ready to go? It's a hard number to say, but right? I'll, t- I'll tell you right now, until you do, you'll never know. Perfect. And yeah, there is no such thing as rock bottom. That term is a myth. That's right. That's what you <laughs> the, said the, in the, the last. That month. term is a myth. A lower door. There's death. always yeah. okay. I hit seven times where any person on this planet would be like, "Wow, that would be it. That would be the turning point." Didn't phase me. Consequences don't cure, and rock bottom's a myth. Rock bottom whenever, is dead, whenever right? you're mm-hmm. dead and there's no more chance. And I have witnessed that plenty of times, people close to me. And I've known many that that was the bottom, but when a person is finally sick and tired of being sick and tired, and most of it's when the people around them stop supporting them the way they can. And it, there, there's a myriad of reasons why and what they're doing. And that's what we're trying to help bring clarity to. It's not right. an easy situation. There are commonalities, but there's also differences in every situation. So I hope people go check it out. If anything, it'll help them feel better feel a little bit more sane about what's going on right. and give some people some direction. Well, and sitting here with both of you, hearing both of your story adds that much more power to what you guys have created. I hope. Right? Like there is so much help. There's so much good. And 
I think it's so important that people have access to, you know, resources for this because if you can get through it, you know, and you can look back on those things and recognize the growth that happened from them, then you can now turn around and be that instrument, right? And you can then help other people. Yeah. But until you get past it, it's all, you're you're not going to be able to do that. And so I know there's a ton of people who, oh, God hates me. What's happening? Why me? Why now? I'll never get through this. But you can and you will. You will. You can and you will. And once you do, it's almost like you have that responsibility then to kind of pay it forward, right? Like if you go through something tough, it's your job to then help someone else. Yep. So. What did President Uchtdorf say? It was Satan's number one goal is to, for you to define yourself by your sins and weaknesses. Yep. Like that's where you're most yeah. vulnerable, right? And so like your, your dad each saying, yeah, like you got to remember, like yeah. if you're not ready for church, that's okay. But you just need to remember that. Just keep in touch with him. Like everything Christ did was for this right here. Yep. Right. And that's the most important thing. And you know, I can't help but think like I've, I've just sat back here a couple times and in my brain, I've just kind of done this, you know, the little postcard, you know, you put your, your thumb and pinky yeah. together for like, oh, I got to take a picture of the sunset. But I'm looking at two people. I don't, I don't know what, what you look like at your, you know, at, I don't want to say the bottom anymore, but you know, that day yeah. where you had to tell your yep. parents that you were pregnant yep, and then that day you had to tell them that you were getting divorced and, and then how many, 92 pounds, I want to say it was yeah. 90 something yeah. pounds in wood. that basement. Your dad had come downstairs. You had pushed him away. And you didn't have the strength when it kicked in. I remember you saying that something inside of you just said, no, I need help. Yeah, help. I couldn't stand. And you couldn't even stand up to yell, but something in your dad said, yeah. or go back down there. To, to think of those two moments for me and then see what's sitting in front of me right now. These are two very good looking people. Okay. Like <laughs> they are, they, they are from her. And me. I don't say that in a joking way. I say that in a, I, I bet if you asked anybody that is out there in that basement or mm-hmm. crying in the room because yep. something bad may have happened or a mistake yep. may have been made, could never imagine themselves being where you guys are right now. Never. You right? guys could have never imagined no. being where you are. We almost missed all No, all and that. that that's the thing is even if you would yeah. have told Danny, no, someday you're going to be married and you're going to be in a whole a relationship that feels peaceful and whole and you're going to have these three beautiful children. What a beautiful He would have been like, no way. You're going to be picking up eggs all over the back of your house. That's right. You're going to have 16 chickens. (laughs) Your wife's going to be trying to put a llama in your trailer. (laughs) And you're like, yeah, man, I I hallucinated about this once. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, I did have that one. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Well, and if that's not proof that God doesn't love you, Right. right? If this story isn't proof that God loves you, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. There's, you'll never, Yeah. I mean, it's, it's there. Like even your friend, Melissa, sweet tooth fairy, Megan, 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 like Megan, if you're listening, yeah, you, you were part of God's plan. Totally. You being friends with these two people was supposed to happen. It's a life. You were a piece of the puzzle that 
I mean, we got to put, we're, you got to send us that picture of your family so we can put that on the post this next week. Just, I mean, I, well, I mean, what a great name, like your living proof, right? right? Like, because it also puts the emphasis back on them. Like each one of the people that you work with, they're their own proof. They, right. be, they become their own story, right? Well, and this wasn't just a kid. Hopefully, I don't want to spoil the old episode because I think we need to have you on too. <laughs> I, honestly, uh, we really ought to. Yeah. I don't know if you'd ever be comfortable with that, but totally. just to get that laid down for our listeners so you can really see how far you've both come. But I just lost my train of thought in saying that. Gosh dang it. ADHD is a very powerful thing. It is a real no, thing. No, but telling her story would be good because there's a lot of people in the same circumstance. And right. And just, just being able to see that there, there is no bottom, like you said, but there's no limit. There's to always what an you up. Can become always if you just put in the effort. Yep. Right. That, oh no, I do remember it. now. I'm sorry, each. Yeah, no, it just go. kicked back in. Full circle. This was a guy who was Danny. You were married with kids, an insurance. Like yeah, you no were a kids, broker, right? Yeah. No kids. Okay, yeah. but you were a successful businessman, and a, and it wasn't like a teenager or a young guy that you know just made some mistakes in school, like. You were at the top of the mountain already. I was college right? graduate, that return was all... missionary, Eagle Scout. And it can, so it can happen to anybody. Anybody. And everybody knows that out there, it's every walk of life. It's bankers, it's religious leaders, it's dads, moms, bus drivers, teachers. So I know you're out there and you're listening. And if it's you or someone you love, you're not alone. So we're not even close. So where is everything? Yourlivingproof.com? Yeah. Is that and where we're, we're sending everyone? We're going to send you guys a code because this Discount has been code. such an awesome place for us to come that anyone who's listening, if they want to go educate themselves to just do some research on their own, they'll, we'll give a discount code specifically for them. That'll be our best one. And it's on yourlivingproof.com. Okay. The Instagram page also is the same, yourlivingproof. And, uh, Can we yeah, make follow. the code nitty gritty? Yes. Okay, so if you're listening and you want to check out Danny's stuff, and if you listen to him and you don't want to, listen again. And then if you don't want to, listen again. And listen to the other. Listen or to like next month when you're at the hospital too. and you're like, wait, what was that? And then go back and listen to his yes. episode and then use the code to receive a little something off. Yep. Thank you, guys. Yeah. Hold on. Thank I have one more question. What? I want to talk about one marriage question. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I think this is, could probably help people as well, but with you guys doing what you're doing for a living, that takes a lot. That takes a toll, right? Mm -hmm. What do you get? Because you've both been somewhere you, where you can help people. And so I imagine there's a lot of people that you're helping where it does require even both of you, mm -hmm. right? Um, what is something that you guys do to make sure you guys are good? Like to separate yourselves. Because that's a lot of, you know, I always joke with my bishop friends, like they age really fast. Dude. Right? Like, how do you separate? So, is there something that you guys do? We have an incredible sex life. <laughs> that is amazing. There you go. The most, yes. It's critical. We do, and I can't deny it because it's predicated <laughs> on so many things it. being in order. <laughs> being in line, it takes a lot of work for that to be a reality. But I don't think I could have ever asked for a better answer than that. that and it, it is actually. I mean, the that truth. was the last thing I would have ever expected. Like, I was ready like for scripture date study night. No. Or, or date <laughs> night. Like, Andrew and Jenna go out on a date every Friday night, which I think you know is the so discipline cool. discipline that but requires cool. to say that? It is relentless. And the ball. Effort, man. But no, it, it, it's, it is true. But. We do. We have learned. Hey, he's resourceful. We he have. Didn't I'm telling you, there are <laughs> she would agree. 
there is <laughs> because you have to be living your life and in, in a way for that to be the case and so it is it's awesome i think it's something that should be cherished it, it, you have to work at it that's right and you have to have a clean house you, you have to do a lot of things in order for that to be great but we just spend time doing what we want we've it's yep. taken time but we we've we've learned how to shut off and spend time doing the things we love to do, which is a lot of time spending in the mountains or, you know, things like that. But whenever it gets to that point, you taught me how to uh, um, drive a motorcycle. Yeah. She, we just picked month. up dirt bikes recently. Whoa. Yeah. I mean, anything, like, anything you know, it was, just but, pad up, please. Yes. All right, just wear the elbow pads. Oh, okay. Yes. Holy crap. My elbow's still messed up from falling off a dirt bike. <laughs> It'll get you. What about you each? What's your, uh, do you have, no. Is that what you would have said no, if I asked I, you the I, question? Yes, I would have. She's a unicorn. No, 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 no. Let me tell you. What's that? I know two things in this life. She's not real. Two. There are two ways to a man's like to happiness. Oh, this is. Write a book on this. Through his stomach. Right. Keeping his belly full and his empty. other things empty. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm telling you straight up. That's oh just true. Gosh. We I, call if, the book Belly and Balls. Belly and Balls. <laughs> Right? How do you true. argue with that? But when they, when both Bill of those things happen, then you can happy. have a conversation with them that's productive. If right. one's off, then you're like, it's like talking to a child it, sometimes. So you're like, okay, <laughs> we got to get back on track here. Did you hear what I said? Have you eaten? Yeah. <laughs> do you need a sandwich? <laughs> yeah. Like I'm like, so if you do those things, then man, you, we you, are simple you creatures. Have a gem. I know we are simple. Creatures. I said to a guy at the gym, I was like, man, she figured it out. Yeah. And I actually heard her explaining to someone, man, if you just keep their belly full and the balls empty, then <laughs> they will do what you want. And I looked and at him man, and I said, can you argue that? I have 16 <laughs> like, chickens, guys. <laughs> he built me a chicken coop, this man. It's fine. He's just no idiot. Oh. Right? Figured it out, man. Oh yep. my gosh. I don't see. I'm glad I asked that question. Like I don't think. Drop. Yeah, I don't think we could right. end on a better one. You two are amazing. Thanks for having us. Eads, we're coming after you. You're coming in here. <laughs> <laughs>